Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Cinema Lounge, where we chill and talk about movies. I am your host, Garrett Inman, and today we are going to chill and talk about my top 10 most anticipated 2022 movies. Um, a lot of people have been putting these mov- uh, these lists out over the course of the past couple of weeks, and I'm pretty confident in saying that I think this list will be at least a little unique. Um because I'm not really looking forward to some of the bigger releases that everyone's hyping up. Um, uh, so you're not going to be seeing a lot of big blockbusters on here. Uh, and also, a lot of these the movies coming out this year are these legacy movies for franchises that I have either not seen or don't care about. So like something like Top Gun Maverick. Seems like it'll be good. But, like, I have zero attachment to Top Gun because I have not seen it ever. Same with uh, Avatar 2. Tried to watch Avatar when I was younger. Fell asleep in the middle of it. One of the maybe five movies I've ever fallen asleep watching. Uh, And I've only really seen two of James Cameron's other movies. So I'm not, like, huge on James Cameron. So Avatar 2 isn't even on my radar. (laughs) Um, But... Yeah, this list was hard to make because this was like the first year where I was completely unaware of what was coming out this year. Uh, Past years, it was like, oh, yeah, well, I know the big releases and those are the movies I'm most looking forward to. But this year, it was like, I maybe know two or three movies coming out and I'm not really that excited for them. Um, But I just kind of went through the release list of what's being released to theaters and basically picked the movies that I was like, oh, shoot, yeah, no, that movie, that movie should be good. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Um, So hopefully this will be a unique list. Maybe put some movies on your radar that you haven't heard of or uh, didn't really consider. Who knows? Um, But yeah, I don't really have anything else to say going into it. So this will be probably a short episode. (laughs) Um, Hopefully, because... It's lunchtime right now. I'm hungry as crap. Um, So hopefully this will go by pretty quickly for me. Let's see. Uh, First off, number 10 is Lightyear. (laughs) Um, It it wasn't really on my radar at all until they dropped the trailer for it. And that trailer has been on repeat for me. Mostly because the uh, David Bowie music as the soundtrack is really good it fits really well for the themes in which it seems to be going for and the vibe the visuals as always with pixar are are fantastic the just sprawling space uh imagery looks really good uh toy story is one of my favorite uh pixar movies one of my favorite franchises uh of all time so i'm excited to see what they're gonna this is this is kind of looks to be kind of like a prequel type deal. Basically, this is the guy that inspired the Buzz Lightyear toy, which is really neat. So it's fun to kind of get your gears rolling. Like, does this exist within the timeline Andy lives through? Or is this just like a to- this is the light Buzz Lightyear movie that inspired the toy within the Toy Story universe? And it's fun to think about that and try to figure out where this fits in within the Toy Story uh, narrative, but I also just like space movies, like these, these space movies that explore 
stories outside of stuff like Star Trek and Star Wars, which have been done, <laughs> which are just these continuing stories that have been going on longer than I've been alive. So I like to, uh, I would like to see more space stories that involve characters that are not Star Wars and Star Trek, and to see the Lightyear Corps, uh, or the Space Ranger Corps, I think is what they're called, uh, explore the universe. It seems like we we're gonna get a diverse set of planets and creatures, um, and hopefully that'll make for an interesting movie. Uh, number nine will be the new Scream movie that comes out this weekend. <laughs> um, so, I don't have to wait that long for it, but Scream is my favorite horror franchise. It's one of the few horror franchises I've seen from beginning to end and have largely enjoyed my time with it. The first Scream is probably in my top 100 movies ever made. At some point, I'll make an episode counting that down. <laughs> um... But it, it's such a clever twist on the horror genre. The second one, I still enjoyed my time with, uh, like, a large portion of my time with. The third one was okay, but the fourth one, I just I loved how it tackled uh, horror reboots. And so I'm interested to see where they're going to go with this because it is a fifth entry, which doesn't usually happen with a lot of horror franchises. Um, I'm curious to see if it's going to take on, uh, or curious to see what horror, uh, genre tropes it's going to take on. I just, I love the, the ghost face. I love the fun, upbeat, who not upbeat, but like just the fun, wacky energy these movies bring and, uh, the whodunit that comes with it and trying to figure out, oh, who's in on this, who isn't, and the fun twist endings and the fun kills and all of that. I think it'll be fun to see Ghostface operate in a world with more modern technology where he's only really used a phone and a voice changer. But now he has smart houses to work with and smartphones and uh, tracker technology and all that fun stuff. I am very much looking forward to this movie. I think it will be a fun time in theaters. Number eight, Sonic 2. <laughs> I picked the... By the end of this list, you're going to be like, he, he picked Sonic 2 over these movies and they're not even on the list? Look, Sonic 1 was not the best movie ever. It came out February 2020. And I was like... I guess I'll go see it in theaters just to support the company because, hey, they listened to fans who said, hey, your rat face Sonic looks disgusting. We don't want to see a movie with that. And they said, all right, shoot, okay. <laughs> and they redesigned it, put those animators uh, back to work, which I'm sure sucked for them. So I went and saw it and I was like, you know what? These these guys put in the work. I'm going to go see this their movie. Uh, and, and support them just for that. <laughs> and, you know, a grown adult sitting in a kid's movie. I, I've been in that situation a few times. It's always a weird feeling, but usually, I mean, this time, around the time the movie came out, no one was in theaters, so I was pretty much the only person. And surprisingly, I had a really fun time with it. Like, I I was expecting the movie to suck. I was like, ah, this will be like Hop or 
you know, just some dumb road trip movie. It won't feel like Sonic at all. And yes, the road trip stuff is just weird and it doesn't really fit as a Sonic story. But everything else I had a blast with. Uh, the action, the animation, Jim Carrey as an Eggman, Dr. Robotnik. It was it was all so fun and I had a great time and I ended up coming off it more positively because I expected it to suck. And so this trailer, uh, the trailer for, for Sonic 2 came out and it looks like they're going to keep up that energy. They're going to introduce Knuckles and Tails into the mix, maybe reduce James Marsden's screen time. Not, nothing against him, but dude really needs to stop starring in movies where he is accompanied by a 3D animated uh, furry creature. <laughs> um, so hopefully this will keep up the energy and, and the fun uh, these other movies have had. Um, and I'm excited to see it. Uh, you know, I'm not anticipating this to be amazing. I just think this will be a fun time in theaters. Number seven, uh, The Batman. This has topped everybody else's list. <laughs> and this, I have this thing at number seven, and that's for a couple of reasons. First off, this is, I no, this is one of two superhero movies on my list. I'm, a, I'm feeling the superhero burnout a little bit, especially when it comes from the main two. Um... I'm more looking forward to stuff that are that's like Invincible or The Boys, stuff where it's these fringe superhero ideas where they use where they use kind of similar looking heroes to explore far different and and more interesting stories whereas the more blockbuster Marvel and DC stuff kind of feels like more of the same. DC seems to be trying new stuff, but then it's like one step forward, two steps back. They like they try something fun with Birds of Prey, but then it's not that great of a movie. They have Shazam, but then they're like we're going to like put him on the back burner for a while. <laughs> um you know, uh they make a really fun movie with Aquaman, but then the whole Amber Heard thing happens, which is why that movie's not on my list. <laughs> because, I mean, that's a whole can of worms, but... I I have a feeling Aquaman 2 is not going to make a lot of money in the theaters. That's all I'm going to say. Um, But this movie, the reason this movie's on the list is because... A couple reasons. Bat Batman's my second favorite superhero of all time, right behind Spider-Man. Which, you know... It's a little blasphemous for me to say and not have seen the new Spider-Man movie, but that's just kind of how life works out for me sometimes. Um, Actually, I would say Batman's my third favorite. It would go Spider-Man, Moon Knight, then, then Batman. Batman is just such a great character. I think it's really hard to do him wrong. You have to try to do him wrong, like Joel Schumacher did twice. Um, He was shooting for more like a 60s era Batman, and I do, I guess I like the idea of trying to bring in some of those characters to redeem them or whatever, so we have the Riddler, who is a fantastic villain, um, and it's interesting to see them do the Zodiac Killer thing with him, uh, Catwoman does feel like she's being overplayed, she's been in every incarnation, uh, or every, uh, cinematic Batman series, and, 
she's getting so much screen time on TV shows and move like directed DVD movies and video games. And it's like, uh, we're getting a little too much Catwoman. Um, Catwoman's not really one of my favorite Batman villains. Really. The only interesting thing is that she kind of exists in this gray. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the movie looks good being directed by Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves is a really good director, did a really good things with the planet of the, uh, apes prequel movies that he did. Um, so I have no doubt this movie's going to be good. A couple of things have me a little worried. Um, but like that, it still looks good. And that, that alone, it's Batman. Uh, it's going to be a movie I'm looking forward to. Um, but the Colin Farrell, uh, penguin voice, he better not be in the movie all that. I'm sorry. My dog's barking (laughs) because that's what she does. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Colin Farrell penguin thing, dude, that, but that, that voice better not be in the movie all that much because that voice is humorous. I don't want a penguin who's walking around going, whoa, 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 calm down, sweetheart. (laughs) You cross me, I'm going to be making you sleep with the fishes. And then I'm going to eat the fishes because I'm the penguin. Quack, quack, and all that stuff, huh? (laughs) That's just really goofy to me, and it doesn't fit with the rest of the movie in my opinion. Um, or it doesn't fit well with the rest of the tone that it seems to be going with. Maybe it'll work a little better because, you know, you have these dark movies with those heavy, heavy mobster, uh, voices like Goodfellas and Casino, but there's always this chaotic energy that comes with them that kind of makes it fun. Uh, you know, Sopranos, Goodfellas, all, you can have fun with it while it still remains dark and gritty. Um, but that kind of energy I don't think fits well into this dark Batman story uh, unless it comes from something like the Joker and it's meant to be this balancing act. Uh, number six. <clears throat> Sorry about that. I had to take care of something real quick. Number six, the worst person in the world. Yeah, this movie's been making the rounds in festivals. It's getting a lot of hype in those festivals. Um, some maybe Oscar buzz. Um, this has topped many critics' uh, top favorite lists uh, from last year, even though it technically comes out this year. That's why this is on the list. I pay attention to the, the, the uh, festival circuit and just basically go, all right, what are the... Movies that critics are raving about. Those are the movies that are on my radar. So, Worst Person in the World and Drive My Car were the two that topped it. I think Drive My Car technically came out last year uh, to limited theaters, and I just missed it because it didn't release anywhere near me. Um, But hopefully that doesn't happen with this movie because I've heard really good things about it, and I'm excited to check it out. Next, number five, everything, everywhere, all at once. The reason this thing is so high is because the trailer, this came out, the trailer came out like early December, late November, I believe. And it has been my most watched trailer of the year. (laughs) Just the, the, the 
story and the premise and the cinematography and the ideas that are just present throughout the trailer just immediately grabbed me. Michelle Yeoh is a great actress. Um, and just the, this idea of this lady having to work alongside people from different universes from her, all of whom are just, seem to just be normal people, uh, just seems super fun and super interesting where it has these vastly different worlds that have different aspect ratios, different film styles, different genres. Um, this is what a multiverse movie, it looks like it should be what a multiverse movie should be. Um, and while I am someone who is kind of already sick and tired of the multiverse stuff, because as a concept, the multiverse doesn't particularly interest me um because it just it feels like a an open like a doorway to just be lazy because it's just like oh well it's a different universe so we'll just throw this crap in there and it it for me at least it doesn't feel like it produces create creative ideas but this movie seems like it'll be something that explores the multiverse in a very fun and creative way, something like what Into the Spider-Verse did. Um, and this is the only multiverse movie I'm looking forward to this year. <laughs> uh, number four, Mission Impossible 7. I think it might still be filming. I'm not entirely sure, but it's slated to come out later this year. Uh, Mission Impossible has been a very consistently good movie. Uh, I've only really disliked one. Uh, I watched through them all last summer, I believe. And I had a fun time with each one of them. I have every single one on Blu-ray. Uh, and they were just so good. Each movie just in amps up the action, has these different stunts that are just visual spectacles. I mean, I have a a little still here of Tom Cruise on a, a moving train fighting guys, uh, and they're filming it. So this movie's obviously going to go for, shoot for the moon. Maybe not literally, they're probably going to save that for another move, another Mission Impossible movie, but these movies are reliable, reliable entertainment that, pro that produces really good action, um, and it has been my favorite action franchise uh, at least in the past 20 years. Number three, the unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> the only reason it is so high is because it's literally just a movie about Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage, going full Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal as a Nicolas Cage fanboy. This movie is going to be, should be the most Nicolas Cage movie that ever exists because you had something like pig last year where he turns in a really good uh, serious performance but this is why we like nick cage this is what we looked forward to in stuff like willie's wonderland and uh some of his recent ventures we want nicholas cage as he was in mandy or vampire's kiss or uh wicker man just going a full-on ham being just the wildest Nick Cage, he can be, and I cannot wait. If this movie is boring, I will shoot my... <laughs> not, not literally, but like, this movie 
just the basic premise alone, this movie cannot be bad. I cannot hate, I do not think I will hate this movie. I'm not going in with like extraordinarily high expectations and going, this movie's going to be the greatest comedy of the, no, I just want to have fun. And this movie looks like it will be the most fun I will have in theaters this year. And if it is not, I'm going to get very depressed and rant about it on my podcast. Uh, Number two, The Northman. Robert Eggers is uh, two for two in my book. The Vavitch, or the witch, but it looks like two V, so I call it The Vavitch. The Vavitch is a brilliant horror movie uh, that takes place during colonial times uh, where, you know, you burn witches and all that. And The Lighthouse was a fantastic uh, kind of island horror movie uh, that's more psychologically driven. He does a really good job with these period piece horror movies. And I think The Northmen will just... it It will be great. I... This movie, I don't see it not being in my top ten uh, a year from now. <laughs> the, this this movie is going to be great. I can't wait to see it. Great cast. Anya Taylor-Joy, Alexander Skarsgård, and some other guys. Uh, Vikings are really cool, and I can't wait to see how Robert Eggers approaches this. I'm very excited. The trailer was also very good. And number one, if you know me at all... This was no doubt. Into the Spider-Verse 2 is my most anticipated movie of this year. Mostly because I freaking love the first one. Into the Spider-Verse is in my top 10 movies of all time for me. I've watched it countless times. Seen it in theaters countless times. Watched it with friends and family countless times. Because it's just one of those movies that feels so unique. Something that Mitchell's versus the Machines from this past year recaptured for me. Where it was funny. It was heartfelt. It had a great theme and message to it. The animation style was just brilliantly done with the uh, comic cell style. Uh, our main characters were really good in these in the movie. And you got to feel inspired by the end of it. By the end of the movie, when I first watched it, I'm like, this is what Spider-Man is about. They use the multiverse to explore one of the core concepts of Peter Parker's Spider-Man, which is people were supposed to look at the mask and project themselves onto him and see themselves in Peter Parker. And then we have an entire movie that follows these various different characters following in Peter Parker's footsteps and learning lessons from him even as he's dead and be- becoming their own heroes in their own rights while they are all Spider-Man. You know, anyone can wear the mask, anyone can be a hero, and they just amplify that core identity message of Spider-Man really well. And I cannot, I, I can't wait to see what they do with this. Uh, the only thing that I know for sure is Miguel O'Hare... Uh, Spider-Man 2 2099 is going to be in it. He has a very cool costume. <laughs> um, but I, I can't wait to see uh, what they do with this. And yeah, that is, that's really all I have for you. This, like I said, this episode was going to be really short. This was 
wow. I mean, I had a couple interruptions, but like that was really short. So we're going to wrap up uh, with my weekly recommendations real quick. And I'll let you get out of here uh, because I'm holding you hostage. That's that's how this works. This is like a classroom where I'm basically saying if you leave, you're going to fail. <laughs> I apologize for that. My brain does not... <laughs> My brain doesn't work sometimes, especially when I do this kind of stuff. Um, especially when I have to talk by myself for an extended period of time. Uh, so let's just get started. Number one, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Watched this a couple days ago. Shane Black's feature debut with Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. Holy crap, this movie is a blast. Uh, it is so fun, so funny. Uh, just the mystery... While basic, it keeps you on your toes, and you get to just have fun with it. Robert Downey Jr. does a great job in this movie. Um, I can see this being added to my uh, Christmas watch list. Uh, I can't wait to watch this every year for Christmas, because it's just that dang fun. It's so quotable, and I love it. If you look up the definition of a banger you know what you're gonna get you're not gonna get this movie you're gonna get the definition of a banger which is what this movie is <laughs> um if you know you know kiss kiss bang bang is a kiss kiss bang banger boom put that on a poster number two or my second recommendation of the week is primal it is Adult Swim's original animated series from Gendy Tartakovsky, who I believe did Samurai Jack. So he's very well versed in the animation space, very popular in the animation space. And this season uh, that came out in two parts, one in 2019 and one in 2020, they have a new season coming out later this year. Uh, holy, I did not expect to love it as much as I did. I heard a lot of hype around the uh, pilot and then just silence. Uh, so I didn't know what to expect going into it after that first episode. And that first episode is heartbreaking. It's horrifying. The animation is so brilliant. Um, the fact that they're able to do, they're able to do a full season with zero dialogue. It's all visual storytelling. Is just the perfect way to utilize the animated uh, film medium and it it's done so well uh each episode is a little vignette um with these different tones some of them are just dark and scary some of them are heartfelt and and almost cried a couple times <laughs> um and then some of them are just these action-packed brawls where you're just rooting for the there's literally an episode where at the end of it uh spear who's the caveman and Fang, who's the T-Rex, they, they team up and basically just travel across this primal landscape together. There's an episode that ends with them just yelling like this victory screech. And I'm sitting there yelling right along with them. I got so invested in the journey of a T-Rex and a caveman. And that last episode, for me at least, put so much into context. And it raised so many questions of what we just watched. Where... It seems meaningless each episode where it's just like a singular vignette uh, that's just kind of like, well, we'll do this type of story now. But then that last episode goes, yeah, but, and reveals something to Spear and Fang, and then that thing reveals more to the audience. And I'm sitting here going, 
okay, I have my wheels turning, and I'm like, I cannot wait for the next season to figure out what's up with this world that they've built, what happened in each episode, and why that happened in each episode. Um, it's it's a brilliant animated series, and I cannot recommend it enough. And my third recommendation for the week is Ikiru uh, from Akira Kurosawa, from who did uh, Seven Samurai, one of my favorite movies of all time. This movie is kind of similar to It's a Wonderful Life in terms of it explores the meaning of life and what gives us joy in life. Uh, this is about a bureaucrat who gets stomach cancer and decides to seek for meaning in his life as he has spent most of it as a mindless bureaucrat uh, making people's lives hard. And there's just so many good scenes where characters are talking about the meaning of life and trying to figure out why people do what they do or why people do good uh, and what spurs us on. And only in the face of death do we truly understand life, <laughs> which sounds very depressing. But within the context of the movie, it's one of the most wholesome things I've seen. <laughs> um, and I... I don't really want to get too much into it because it is one of those movies you kind of just need to experience for yourself and allow yourself to get wrapped up in the emotions and, and the story what of what's happening. And that's going to be it. That's all I have for you today uh, on the Cinema Lounge podcast. So we're going to wrap it up. This has been the Cinema Lounge podcast where we chilled and we talked about my 10 most anticipated movies of 2020. Let me know what you're anticipated for this year. I know I didn't have any MCU stuff on there because frankly, none of the MCU stuff kind of interests me this year. Um, I have my own individual problems with what's happening with each movie uh, and, and why I'm just not super interested in it. Um, but let me know why I'm wrong, <laughs> because I'm always wrong, and that's just how that's how I am. Um, but yeah, let me know what you're anticipated for this year uh, in the comments below. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, press the like button. If you're watching on Rumble, subscribe there, press the Rumble button. Uh, and if you're listening on any audio platforms, follow us there, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a five-star rating if you can, because that is much appreciated. And yeah, that's about all I have for you today. Hope you guys have a great week. And always remember, be good to people, have a good year. This year will be great if you make it great. Boom, inspirational. Love you all. <laughs> uh...